man, uh, something happens to me. I get reborn every day. It's a gift and a curse. I wake up feeling like absolute dog shit. Weird random pains, chest pain, heart palpitations. Uh-huh. New pain in places I didn't even know you could have pain. Yeah. And then it subsides right here before lunchtime, and I'm so thankful to be alive again. <laughs> I get that experience every day. I get to flirt with death and at the same time experience rebirth. It's uh, something else. Um, wow. Would you say you have Thanksgiving? Is it giving thanks? I, th- I guess it's giving thanks for this wonderful gift of life, which I'm, you know, we're less thankful for, ironically, during these months, but... (laughs) Damn. I think there's something profound in that. There's something profound about finding transcendence from the body reaching a higher plane of mental acquisition reality you know let me ask you a question when your kidneys failed when you were a child like i guess a man really can never approximate what it is to be alive unless you flirted with death at least once mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i Do guess anxiety they- gives you a daily approximation of that and if you suffer from panic attacks as i do yeah if I if that would have happened to me, if I was like a beautiful little boy in like the 18th century, that all the like the pedo aristocrats like to come by and like look through the windows at, like, yeah. how's he doing today? How's he? Is, is he all right? <laughs> is he all right? Is he gonna be all right? They just peeked through there watching you bathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Papa, is this the end? And they're bleeding me and stuff. <laughs> I'm hallucinating, and and they're like looking through the windows. They're like, I don't know about those scars, and he's he's gonna knock he's, a few points off. It's damaged goods. <laughs> I want him in one of those frilly dresses like they used to put FDR in when he was a child. Yeah, your father's slapping you. Come on, wake up out of it. Like you know, you've we we have to sell you to afford potatoes this month. <laughs> We have to pimp you out <laughs> for our Better potato, get... <laughs> for our potato rations. Yeah, if that Man. was me, I would not have survived. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm only here with you now because of the advances of modern medicine. And about well, also too, I want to say, growing up in the context, it's amazing that we ended up the way we did. And I don't mean this as a good thing. <laughs> growing up in the context that we grew up in. Imagine growing up in coal country and a and an oil patch in uh, you know, eastern New Mexico and West Texas and mm. ended up as big a pussies as we are. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine like I was thinking about this when I first started suffering panic attacks, I didn't have anybody to talk to because I was out working on a goddamn construction crew, guys that just chain smoked. You know what I mean? And like just had the most steely disposition about life. It's like, what am I going to go do? Ask Lanny Day who I should talk to about my problems. (laughs) Uh, 
six percent of my personality comes from having been raised in an extremely masculine like brutal environment yeah <laughs> we're like dudes would just like lose fingers and i lost a finger you know i mean like all the things that could happen to you in that environment happened to me but not because of like hard work or whatever just sheer happenstance or you know luck <laughs> do you have feeling in the finger where they fixed you not really oh, okay <laughs> not just really. cosmetic <laughs> it's, yeah yeah like my grandpa, he didn't have like two of his fingers. He like lost them on an oil rig. Oh God! It's as like that's always. I mean, and what? he would always like show them to you, you know. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I... imagine your fingering game would be so much. Like, um, you you lose a lot if you've only got like two fingers, and they're the like your index finger and your pinky finger. Like you oh, would so be he, the he was missing the middle too. Yeah, You'd so be, he had like he was, the hook of horns. He was perpetually rock on. on. <laughs> Dude, you would you would be the best pinky fingerer in all the land. I, I wonder <laughs> if there's any guys out there that learned because you know how like there are some people that learn to write weird, like they don't write like your normal like in between the min, index and middle finger. Right. Some out some guy out there learned or like how some people play guitar. How like Jimi Hendrix learned to play the guitar upside down. I wonder if there's like a savant out there that learned how to finger with just his pinky. <laughs> just there, you know, like that was a big market in the mid two thousands when like like when all the PUA guys were out there and stuff writing books like the game and all that shit. Mm -hmm. People were actually trying to uh, improve their techniques. I guess in the same way you would try to improve your golf swing or your whatever. You know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. which is which is interesting to think about <laughs> sex as a craft like that someone gave me a book one time that was like it was like she comes first or something like that which was like i hope it wasn't your girlfriend at the time <laughs> <laughs> no it was even creepier it was another man it was, it was, oh, okay okay is it cool was it a cool uncle or no it was just like an old a mentor like an older guy <laughs> oh yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad now because like now you can't eat pussy without thinking about like him uh -huh. trying to coach you up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Well, it's fucked up because like I've got one of those rounded tongues, you know, and they always like led you to believe that if you were one of those people with like a pointed tongue, you were naturally better at it. The Gene Simmons effect. Yeah. Although I, I'm gonna go out on limb and say if you. Hold most women today. I don't know many of them that would let Gene Simmons anywhere, <laughs> anywhere near that region. <laughs> In his day, I'm sure he had his, his pick of suitors. Uh huh. I remember hearing him on Terry Gross one time, and didn't he say he would like eat out Terry Gross or something? Didn't he say something really vile to her? <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Like, you imagine being like a rock star that like never like grows up really and just uh -huh. like navigating the world at, in your 70s like you did when you're like in your 20s <laughs> uh-huh kind of an amazing thing to think about dude it is crazy to think about rock and roll stars like in my truck i only have cds because it doesn't have an aux cord and so you know i've been rocking the fuck out on some led zeppelin lately i've been going back down like the zeppelin hole yeah 
Yeah. What are, and you, like, what are, you, fi- what are you finding down there? It- <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. What's in, the, what's in the Zeppelin hole? <laughs> Nothing but rock and roll, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but 100 pure, unadulterated, badass rock. That's right, dude. It's like, <laughs> it is so funny. Like, I was listening to that song on Led Zeppelin 4. Rock it's called rock and roll. Been a long time since I rock and rolled. And it's like you you just put out three albums of nothing but rock and roll. <laughs> nothing like, but rock. <laughs> what are you talking I think, about? I think you're fibbing here a little bit, Robert Plant. You it's not been a long time since you've rock and rolled. I'd say it's no, been I, just a couple months. Rod Stewart, after he put out Blondes Have More Fun, he could have put out a song called It's Been a While Since I've Rock and Roll. Right. Know, that's true. After his disco phase or whatever. Right. But, but yeah, not Robert, Robert Plant, Plant can't say that. Yeah, no, it's it's like unless you're so addicted to rock that like just a few hours not rocking, you're like, "Fuck, man, it's been a long." Time. Uh, I'm getting the shakes, boys. <laughs> boys, we gotta rock the fuck out. That's how my uncle rerun is. Every time I see him, he he always asks me one question. Every time, you listening to any killer rock, <laughs> dude? I. I love, love rock, rock guys love it, you know. <laughs> no, and I love I love the simplicity of it. Like, of course, all those rockers were like pedophiles, and yeah, didn't Robert Plant? Did they like what is the like the weird fish story? Like, yeah, like all of them like had sex with like teenagers and shit. <laughs> yeah, and then they, and then they also were like Satanist or something. Yeah, I think that was more of a an aesthetic conceit but yeah right right they did that yeah there was there was a time you wouldn't think it now because you think of a guy that's into wizardry is a guy that doesn't get a lot of pussy <laughs> at one time wizardry was ascendant <laughs> you're right heap uh you know uh, the aforementioned zeppelin that's right black sabbath black sabbath yeah you well, think dude, any of those guys wanted for company late at night? <laughs> Witchcraft is now ascendant. Wizardry, wizardry not so much. You what know? if it comes back, though? <laughs> like, the fellas got to have theirs, too. You know what I mean? There's got to be... There's got to be... Okay, let me just paint it for you. There has got to be, like, a guy that is like Ward Rackley in that episode of King of the Hill, but he's just knocking the pussy down right because he's a wizard yeah like do right. you think that's going to come back do you think like like late 60s early 70s like stoner rock wizard stuff is going to come back and like those guys are going to be cool you know if there's anything i've learned is that everything has another cycle under the sun so I think that's how the saying goes. So I think that just hang on a little bit longer. Well, dude, here's the thing about that statement. We're the daughters. We're the granddaughters of the witches. You couldn't burn. The thing is, is that men created magic. So you actually owe you actually owe your the magic to to the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It, you went there this early. <laughs> that's right, dude. That's it's uh, I'm I dude I've been reading so much philosophy lately like dude that's all it's in my brain right now is like the most 
the dumbest shit. You would think that paradox, like you would think that reading a lot about philosophy would make you smarter, but it's literally making me dumber. Well, <laughs> so a thing, I saw a tweet about this, but one thing I've been doing is making up inspired by this tweet this is not like something i cooked up but i thought it would be fun because i I mean a group chef a lot of guys that are really into like the rogan sphere Mm -hmm. and so i hit them with fake marcus aurelius quotes (laughs) that are actually bible quotes (laughs) again not my idea i stole this from i want to be clear i stole this from somebody off twitter but it is a funny exercise just to see who's like hell yeah i love the stoics right you know what i mean yeah it's like which is just to say that you can get into philosophy at such a level that it makes you, it impedes your growth intellectually. Yes. Dude, the thing about, so the thing about the Stoics is that they were kind of, dude, there, there is a line, I feel like. This would be an interesting episode or series to do, like a history of self-help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a, a through line that goes all the way back to, I feel like Aristotle and like, the Nicomachean ethics that like the whole premise is to teach you how to be a person. It's like how to, how to show up in the world. It's like how to be intentional, how to be intentional about showing up in the world. Listen, I'm, I'm not mad at that on its face. Right. But like, it is weird that it morphed into like a pseudo scientific sort of cash grab, like particularly in the eighties, but I guess it's probably been around for a long time and it's still persistent to today. You know, yeah. And there's some of it I could fuck with if there's like if there's generic value in something, like and it helps you in some way. I mean, we talk about this with like something like AA, for example. Uh, there's a certain religiosity that I'm not particularly attracted to, but like it's undeniable that it does help people get sober that need to get sober or whatever. Right. So like, what's wrong with that? You know. Right. The the thing about stoicism versus aristotle's ethics stoic ethics versus aristotle's ethics is that aristotle's ethics basically just applied to mayo ass slave owning aristocrats basically is <laughs> yeah. is basically about how to be like a virtuous aristocrat because like you know him and plato believed in you know like the uh that that man could achieve greatness they could be philosopher kings i don't know maybe this isn't quite what aristotle believed but it's definitely what plato believed but it was about like the nicomachean ethics like how to be a a virtuous aristocrat and this fucking dumbass was aristotle is the genius who came up with everything in moderation and everyone's like this is fucking this is like this is brilliant shit like, yeah the golden age then, like, one guy got diabetes from having too many figs one day, and they're like, God damn, he's, <laughs> he was right. If he would just ate less figs, this shit wouldn't have happened. My man is figged up. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. He loves it. <laughs> Can't get enough of those goddamn figs. <laughs> Eats an entire tree in a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now he's going blind and peeing a lot. God, Aristotle was right. <laughs> well, where Stoic ethics differed from that was like Stoic ethics transferred that to the everyday man, like the common man. 
Like you can be like an aristocrat if you just adopt his virtues. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. it's interesting to think about. Yeah. Dude, God damn. I'm telling you, it it's making me could could dude is it like I was thinking the other day, like how fucking funny is it that like they had to reason out over the course of like two millennia that the way you perceive an object is like you see the object and, and it exists in space and time. And then like there must be something in you that perceives the object. So that there there is like a almost kind of like dialectical dynamic there, right? Like to be able for the object to be able to exist, you have to be able to to see it. And for you to yeah. be able to see it, an object has to be able to exist. And they had to reason this out over the course of like 2000 years, like without science or anything. And it's like, could you imagine how insufferable, how absolutely annoying it would be to have been in ancient Greece? Where like everybody is trying <laughs> to one up everybody else on yeah, logic. Every, yeah, it's like everybody's just trying to <laughs> like you remember did, have you ever been around guys that got into trying to invent things? <laughs> yes. Or like no about like those type they like try Abs to get patents and stuff. It would be like that, but like times ten. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Just that like, you know, you you say like uh Peter was an apostle. There were 12 apostles. Peter was 12. You know what I mean? And someone saying, you know, by that logic, this is false. I mean, just how insufferable that would be to be at all times surrounded by people making statements like. Football exists because there are football players, but do football players exist without football? <laughs> right. That's the it's the chicken and egg conundrum. Exactly. But but like play it out in antiquity where everybody's kind of dumb and just trying to figure everything out. <laughs> it is I still one of the, one of the great things I've plucked from us doing the show over time is that I have to be smarter than all the ancient Greeks just by virtue of what I know to be true now. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and also you're not getting 600 calories a day in working 14 hours a day. <laughs> but also, but also thanks to Aristotle, I'm not getting diabetes from eating figs. Either. That's true. <laughs> oh man. That the whole reason I got interested in the first place in this is comes from a weird source, but like, I was thinking one day a few weeks ago, like, why did Lyndon LaRouche think that the world was divided between Platonists and Aristotelians? He thought this was the big, like, the, big, the classic divide. The classic divide. The, the, Not the haves and the have nots. <laughs> well, I guess in a sense, but <laughs> with a twist. <laughs> yeah. It's like in his conception, Platonists. Believers in Plato believe in pure reason and, and ideals and forms, right? Right. Like exist outside of time and space, outside of our own reality. Like there must be, you know, platonic ideas or whatever. You know, what was so funny is I just thought Pl Plato was a guy that got no pussy for the longest <laughs> time. Because you always heard like platonic relations. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So like I just thought I just associated Plato getting no pussy for the I mean until I was embarrassingly old. <laughs> oh man. 
According and maybe to, that's well, correct. <laughs> maybe they, yeah, I would say it's probably who's, a guy who's really his only function was to like transcribe Socrates, right? <laughs> like most of Plato's output, right, was like put committing Socrates words to paper, I guess. Right, who may not have even existed. To the extent he <laughs> might have been an alter ego of Plato. Yeah, to the extent that he did exist, he was probably executed for being annoying. He might have been the <laughs> the first person to have been executed for just being annoying. Just yeah, let me tell you how annoying Socrates is. I used to say the word Socratic a lot when I wanted to appear smart. <laughs> I think because I heard Cornell West say it. Uh huh. Cornell West, big big Socrates guy. I love Socrates. Oh so really? Like, oh hell yeah! I like Cornell West. So that's what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a Socrates guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah plato transcribed a lot of it, it would be basically like if someone came after us like socrates never wrote anything he only just talked so it's like if someone came <laughs> after us and transcribed our conversations and we became the leading you know <laughs> yeah, like the thought leaders of our time right like in 2500 ad they're going to be like to have been platonic meant to have been celibate, to get no <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you know, so you, you, that idea of Plato on one side and Aristotle on the other, according to LaRouche, that meant, like, again, like I said, Plato believed in these, uh, you know, forms that existed outside of time and space, that, like, everything adhered to and everything was trying to achieve like every physical object in the world even humans were trying to constantly work towards the ideal form like in a kind right. of evolutionary development but but aristotle on the other hand he said and 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 that's how you knew knowledge because if you if you were one of the lucky people to have been graced the divine knowledge of platonic forms it's kind of like a it's kind of like a Joseph Smith looking at the reading the plates thing. It's like, trust me, there are these forms. They exist like yeah. to be a philosopher was like you were initiated into that knowledge, um, which says some very interesting things, in my opinion, about like occult societies and secret societies and shit. But I digress. But then on the other side, he said that Aristotle said that you knew knowledge by empirical observation by like the senses right like you see something you hear you smell something you can finger <laughs> notion something that you... would have been thoroughly debunked by the 80s <laughs> when bell biv devoe said you can't trust a big butt and a smile <laughs> yes <laughs> then michael bivens came along and put all that to bed for us <laughs> uh-huh it's like i mean that's I don't my understanding of Aristotle is that that is not quite what Aristotle thought. I think he did believe more in sensory data than Plato, but at the same time he still believed in the forms. He was still like in like you know in the you know back rooms and stuff he would go up to him and be like, "Bro, I'm going to tell you something." <laughs> Low key I still believe in the form. <laughs> and Plato's like, you son of a bitch. Why aren't you? He goes, oh, bro, relax. I got to do the sensory thing out here. But like between between me and you and the and the flies on the wall. The, the forms. forms. Yeah. 
forms, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been reading a lot of this in, in Bertrand Russell's History of Western Philosophy, and that's probably... There's probably all kinds of problems with that, too. I mean, it's Bertrand Russell, right? Like, <laughs> that guy why was like, did Why did he decide he was not a Christian in the end? Because Christians got no pussy. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're too, too platonic. They're too platonic, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, <clears throat> interesting, interesting stuff there. Another interesting thing that I was like reading about. So like in like, you know how I mentioned about like Pythagoras and geometry, and this was proof to them that they could use deductive reasoning to like gain knowledge about the world. Yeah. Um, rather than sort of like empirical observation, like some of the ways that they proved this was through shapes. And there were like five divine shapes, uh, like the octahedron or fucking the dodecahon or hedron or whatever the yeah, fuck they're called. Yeah, imagine the ass on a dodecahedron. <laughs> <laughs> How divine that form must be. That's right. The, she's got a dodecahedron on her. She got that dodecahedron in the back, bro. <laughs> that twelve-dimensional ass. She got she she on that. She's got that twelve-dimensional thing working. <laughs> if it's like. Dude, it is weird to really consider this because the dodecahedron was composed of pentagons. And in their formula, like the pen and traditionally, like throughout Western history, the pentagon has been a symbol associated with magical properties. I mean, this is what it makes you feel crazy, right? Right, right. It's like, <laughs> like, cause if you follow this, if you follow this enough, so this it's like, is what this is what our friends in Al Qaeda knew, and if they could just take out one wall of that, <laughs> then the magical properties would be gone. Yeah, then you have a tetrahedron, or then or you whatever. have a tetrahedron. That yeah. shit ain't got no, that shit ain't got no cosmic ability. Yeah, exactly. You knock out the one of the legs underneath the magical. You're right, dude. Yeah. But but like. It's well, ask LeBron like, James who was on that fly. <laughs> <laughs> he saved who he could by parachuting out of it, but him and Amy McGrath do have an affinity for lying about where they were on 9-11. I think that, that should be the next honestly, I think that should be the next ticket. Like a LeBron McGrath <laughs> ticket yeah. in 2024. Yeah. <clears throat> One one was could have done nine eleven, and the other, <laughs> <laughs> the other is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Who, <laughs> which one is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Take some liberties with the truth. Uh huh. But like, dude, seriously though, I mean, the I I feel sometimes like this shit is purposefully designed this way to drive you crazy, because like at the end of the day, what fucking purpose did it serve? to build the centralized military command center of the United States in the shape of one of the most widely accepted, like magical esoteric. It's like, I looked up the history of it and it's, they say it's because this plot where they wanted to build it had five highways around it. It's like, okay, couldn't they just okay. put it somewhere else? 
Come on. <laughs> yeah. And where it gets weirder is that, again, this is kind of common knowledge at this point, but like construction began on the Pentagon on September 11th, 1941, like 70 years to the fucking day or 60 years. My bad. I'm, yeah, I don't know, dude. That's that is just I don't know. I'm again just speculating, but it's it is a weird thing that like, is it really just coincidence that like the same day? It's this building with this specific shape. I don't know, man. It's fucking weird. Well, I don't think it's any accident, to be perfectly honest. Well, here's what I know about the founding of this country. And I say this as a former fraternity guy. Uh-huh. But basically, fraternity guys ran this, started this country. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at even, like, the earlier iterations, like the Flat Hat Club, the Hellfire Club, and others like that, these guys were like just a bunch of like just hedonists that also just believed in like magical properties of shapes and stuff. Like they did, they hadn't advanced much past Aristotle and the boys. Well, dude, part of the so reason it makes sense that like they would borrow from like these different esoteric traditions and whatever. <laughs> and we look at that today as like insane, but like in the 1700s, like if you just like made a guy get naked in a dark room and <laughs> make him do weird rituals and stuff. Put your dick in his armpit. Yeah, to prove his worth. Like, you know, I was initiated to a into a Greek. There are like weird esoteric things that I still don't know what it's about, but I took an oath. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's entirely consistent. If you read Plato's Republic, it makes total sense. It's entirely consistent with their concept of like virtuous leadership and who gets to govern because in Plato's Republic, it was like like leaders should be philosopher Kings and they should be initiated through the mystery process through, uh, you know, this purification process into the divine knowledge and that those people are the only people who are fit to govern and rule. And that's yeah. why so many of them were in secret societies. It's because, right. You know, this ideology going back to ancient times, you know, said that if you were to govern, to rule, you you had to be above not just in material terms, but also in like ideological terms. You had to yeah, be in the hidden knowledge of the ages, exactly. which is really which is really just something we make up and imbue with our own meaning. It doesn't there's no real cosmic exactly. force. You know, what I mean? it, well, exactly. It <laughs> Governing is just some, all this stuff. <laughs> you're exactly right. So I don't know. I mean. I don't know, man. It's a, uh, it's a mystery. <laughs> it's tantalizing to get into a little bit, but like at a certain point, you, you kind of have to steal yourself and realize that, like, okay, knowing what I know, like, there is probably nothing to Novus Ordo Seclorum and like all this kind of stuff. What that really was was a bunch of hedonistic like <laughs> slave owners and former slave owners getting together and saying. Yeah, listen, check this out. We all have like a basic under, like a rudimentary understanding of Latin, right? <laughs> like, what if like the triangle on the pyramid has like a fucking eye in it, bro? <laughs> and it's like, it's the all seeing eye <laughs> out of many one. What's that? Hey, uh, uh, who were some of the framers? <laughs> Throw me a name out there. Hancock. Hey, Hancock. What does. <laughs> You you know Latin, come over here. You know what I mean? Like, and then it just gets a bit. But like, I think that you know, 
we can sort of, uh, you know, read into some of that stuff a bit more than what's what's there. But. Yeah. Now, you're right. If you study it too much, at a certain point, you go insane. And I feel like that's part of the point. It's like you you will go insane because you don't have the hidden knowledge. You've not you don't received have the hidden knowledge. No, because it died out in 1524 on a Portuguese fucking <laughs> schooner. You know what I mean? Like that's where the sacred knowledge died when DeSoto and the boys were, yeah, you know, lost it in route to the New World or whatever. That's right. <laughs> right. Now they yeah. went and pillaged it from somebody and then brought it here, but they lost it en route. So I guess we'll uh, never know. Yeah. You can imagine, though, like to their minds, they're extremely like superstitious, um, occult imbued minds that like when they had found those artifacts, like the black obsidian mirror and shit in the Mayan civilizations, like to them, that was further proof that they could commune with the other side and that 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 justified their, you know, like John D and shit, like right. doing these like scrying sessions. Yeah. Like talking to angels or whatever. Uh just like weirdo nerd dudes hyping like working themselves up into this like frenzy about their weirdo nerd knowledge. I don't know. It's basically like, yeah, again, to reference the Witches of East Ireland episode of King of the Hill, it's like if you took the coven that Bobby joins of those teenage boys and the older boy that works at the video store. But you gave them a lot of power and money. <laughs> like, no different. I saw this thread one time. Like John D was this practitioner of like Enochian magic. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and are you familiar with like the Lost Book of Enoch in yeah. the Bible? Well, I guess in the like Crowley talks about that. I guess. Yeah. Crowley. Crowley. Um, yeah, I think it was like a Lost Book of the Bible that said like humans descended from titans and stuff which oh is, no 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 yeah enoch yeah it's like an apocryphal bug that yeah. i think is yeah 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 which is not, not not in the catholic apocrypha i don't i'm not sure if it is or not is it i don't think it is because enoch was he and elijah the only two guys that ever lived that didn't actually die they exactly were called up yeah. yeah they got to they got to <clears throat> receive they got to do what every human wants to do what every man wants to do yeah, only two guys have ever done it. Yeah, but you get to ride the lightning. I got. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> We're due for another one of those experiences. That is true. We're due for another person who gets to ride the lightning. It would do be so, so much sick. It would be so sick if one of us got to ride the lightning. Uh huh. It's gonna be Sam Bankman-Fried. That, that guy's on so much coke. <laughs> he's gonna. He's ride gonna. The he's gonna ascend to a higher plane. <laughs> Just vibrate right off his chair into the stratosphere. We're like, well, there he goes. <laughs> well, there is something sort of like we're talking about like a cold aesthetics. There is like, a, you know, we talked about with with uh, Noah a little bit about that. On the, not that specifically, but about crypto and stuff on the Patreon. But that figures heavy into the crypto world in a way. And it makes sense because there are a bunch of fucking nerds. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Well. Like the the John D thing, like the Enochian magic. Like I saw this thread that was like this person was like, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try the forbidden magic. I'm gonna do the Enochian magic. And people were like, No, no, don't do it. That's dangerous. That's dangerous stuff. And Bro, they were you like, you wanna end up a crypto billionaire? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
And they're like, you know, even just after repeating a few words of it, like crazy things started happening in my house. And so me, I was like, all right, I'm going to go read it. And I'm going to repeat a few words. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and I, then what happened? Nothing. Absolutely. My, oh. my cat took a shit. <laughs> oh, damn. You said, oh, yes. <laughs> you started cat shit and you just strummed your beard and said, yes, this is, this doesn't need to get out. <laughs> it's like, I, it, it's a fine line because you don't want to be like one of those like deep debunkers like the amazing randy or whatever no no but, i'm not a skeptic i believe i believe in certain things i just don't believe what i'm saying i don't believe is that uh george washington and john hancock and ben franklin at all had any special cosmic revelation that i don't have mm, yeah. that's what i'm saying i'm not saying i don't believe anything spiritual or whatever, whatever i don't know well they all caressed the sides of a pentagon and probably jerked off in the middle of it well if you think about what they've done, and if you take the you know the thousand yard view of it, they in a way <laughs> creating the United States was an act of magic. Magic. <laughs> you just just sort of scattershot fucking experiment in colonialism and turned into what it turned into. So, dude, tr truly like the darkest, most evil magic. Now yeah, you're like you're right. I I'm. I guess I'm agnostic. Maybe, maybe it is like the was it the 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 I don't know if it's Einstein or what the Einstein question is like either every, I guess either everything's magic or not you know uh huh maybe we're just so well adjusted to magic that we just see everything else is boring and yet the fact that we're here and in exactly this arrangement and everything right. is, is in a way magic. <laughs> Well, it does seem to be true that if you get enough people together in a room and get them completely fucking worked up into a frenzy over, uh, like, you know, work them up into like an ecstasy over, you know, and everybody's on the same page that the magic is working. It's like, as you said on the episode with no on the Patreon episode, like that becomes a kind of magic. Man. It becomes like because it it becomes imbued with the power that all these people with holding a shared the idea meaning. in their heads yeah. do what with just a share. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that that I mean, I guess it depends on how you define magic. I don't think that like people can shoot fire, you know, lightning bolts out of their fingers, and then you can ride that lightning into the sunset. There's only one man built for that. <laughs> SBF. <laughs> Oh man, he's he's yeah. They just show up getting to indict to arrest him and indict him. And he's like, "See you in the next life, but just rise a lot." Right oh shit. <laughs>
yeah, speak, yeah, so. This is like a, some weird things went on this week. Um, you know, the crypto FTX crashed. We had a Patreon episode about that. Then um, for 12 hours, everybody thought Russia fired missiles into Poland. But then this morning they were like, our bad. Those were actually shot from Ukraine. <laughs> doing doing nothing for all the, uh, you know, the perception, <laughs> the perceptions of, you know. Pe- people want World War Three. They want yeah, people World are III. straight up pining for war. Yeah, like people are so bored they won't they won't they want war in the highest form of it too. <laughs> yeah, not just like not just like mu- musket loaders like or trenches. They want a total annihilation. Yeah, but the thing is, they want to be able to sip tea on the veranda and watch it, but they uh, don't understand that that you don't really have that luxury in this kind of warfare. Uh huh. Oh yeah, they fucking want. It. And then Trump declared presidency, which was like, did you watch this? Did you watch his speech? Man, to see him defanged kind of makes me sad in a way. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like when you see. Yeah, you know, when you see one of your favorite basketball players just going out there and shooting fadeaway jumpers, and you know the only reason he's doing that is because he can't really create his own shot anymore. Right. It's he's not it's Glenn Roberts. He he he's, doesn't have <laughs> my my girlfriend refuses to believe that Glenn Roberts invented the jump shot. She's like, I I just refuse. <laughs> I can't accept this. <laughs> Even though it's painted right there on the wall before you get to your house. <laughs> Hey, honey, it's written right there on the wall. Lynn Roberts, inventor of the jump shot, was born in this town. She's like, I refuse to believe. And honestly, she she might be right. Glenn, as we know, all great ideas are stolen from someone else. So there is a platonic jump shot out there. Like, yeah. Plato was right. There is, a, there is a platonic basketball player out there who invented the platonic jump shot. And Glenn Roberts stole it, man. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, if there's something cool that happened, you can you can bet that it was stolen from a cool, from a much cooler guy that just was you know didn't need all the fanfare about it. You know? Exactly, exactly. But like once it started getting popular, he was like, "Oh shit!" Um, yeah, yeah, Glenn, Glenn did that. Glenn- <laughs> yeah, I moved on. <laughs> I got something else now. Um, but could you imagine though, like how that completely broke the game you know what i mean like all of a sudden now you've got a guy who can jump over everybody and shoot it while he's jumping that's fucking yeah, crazy it's funny to think that nobody thought of that <laughs> you know what i mean it's like just kind of crazy to think that before that guys were just like running up like shooting underhanded from their crotch trying yeah to, you know what i mean like yeah he was like this is bullshit you can just get blocked like that 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 is the stupidest fucking way to shoot a basketball like why what were they thinking how many other things in American life or just life in general where there's like an obvious easier way to do this, but we just don't. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, it's like, it depends because like I've worked in workplaces before where there is a more obvious solution that would get it done quicker, but the game is to slow down the clock when you're on the work site. And so right. <laughs> you yeah. have to develop the most insane, complex 
like complicated solution like oh we're gonna need at least 20 pulleys and levers to solve this <laughs> yeah this yeah that's one of my, my favorite is the procrastination because we don't have the right tools to pull it off yeah <laughs> like yeah sure we could do this with our bare hands if we had to mm -hmm. but yeah so let's right. place the order wait till it comes in we'll hit it next week we'll hit it next week <laughs> In the meantime, I'm going to hide when the boss is here. And when he is here, I'm just going to act like I'm doing something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no Trump. I mean, it's the fire's gone. The, the spark is gone. And it's, it's like what I keep coming back to is like, why? The funny thing about this. If it's true, I don't know. There's, you got to assume a few things here. You got, I guess working from the assumption that Trump is what caused the Republicans to underperform in the, these re recent midterms. If that's true, you have to assume he'll lose in 2024. And if that is also going to be the case and he does lose, it'll be funny that they, I don't think they could win anyway, even with DeSantis, I don't think they would win. Well, but, I, I've seen that, that like DeSantis actually does not perform very well against Joe Biden, who is, as we know, is, function about a couple of meters above one of those zombie pigeons that gets that thing that makes them not at the wheel. Uh -huh. I thought my man did look fresh as fuck meeting Xi Jinping this week. Did you see that video of him? I don't know where the fuck he was. I guess he was in Poland or something. They were like, and he was in a field. I don't, never got the context of this. He was in a field with a bunch of men and he goes, who's that man? Is he on our side? And, and his, his aides are like, He's Russian, sir. And he says, I don't care. Look, look at his guns. And then he goes, look at those biceps. We call those guns. <laughs> if you were like, if you were like the leader of a country that's hostile to the United States, I could see how that you would be disarmed by that. And also like, just you, you would think it was some sort of Machiavellian scheme. Cause you're like, Truly to God, they didn't. No, there's something else going on. There's some level. Of, and actually, it's there's not. It's just right. folksy Joe. Right. But like it puts off a vibe of this has got to be some sort of elaborate side. Exactly. Well, it's interesting that like he accidentally tells is he because he, he says, is he on our side? And his aide says, no, he's Russian. It's like, yeah, we're at war with Russia already, basically. You know? <laughs> he's just walking up, squeezing the guns. <laughs> oh, man. How cavalier they are about all this is fucking insane. It's astonishing. It's really astonishing. <laughs> like, we're, we're fucking hours away from doomsday, and they're just, like, filling each other's guns. <laughs> and Joe Biden's just out there saying, what is this, boys, a union job? <laughs> Got five working and about 20 standing around. And it's like, sir... We're in a war zone. <laughs> <laughs> Bullets whizzing past his head. Yeah. Man, I... Yeah, I don't know. Where I was going with that is... You can tell that Trump isn't really in it anymore. And that's, and that's why I keep coming back to, like, why is he even doing this? Like, if I was him, just fucking retire. You know what I mean? Like, just see out the rest of your days uh, as, you know, the exiled cult leader... Um, you know, you don't have to run against, you don't have to lose again. Like, 
I, I guess it all depends on if Biden runs. Like he's very old. Uh, I don't know. All this is there's just so many hypotheticals. But um, maybe Trump is betting that Biden won't run again, and they they will run like so, someone like Kamala, which they won't. But maybe Trump is betting on that. But I I gonna go ahead and tell you that anything higher than like PTA board president. I don't think Kamala's going <laughs> to, she's, she's kind of something happened to Kamala. Yeah. You, you want to talk about someone who believes in the forms. <laughs> that's the person that believes in the form. Like she, she's on so many drugs a day. That's all she sees are forms. <laughs> yeah. It's all like, she just walks through life. And it's like Mr. Burns in the forest. So that's all. That's who she sees. It's like, exactly. She's like the wheels on the bus. Are going right cackling <laughs> about a school bus. Who doesn't love a school bus? Oh boy. No, it's the forums, man. Yeah, uh it's uh Yeah, it's uh, it's uh I don't know how to say it. It's like it, yeah, like we talked about in the midterm episode a little bit about sort of you know a vote to like the the normies being ascendant, like sort of a, a vote to return to normalcy, where you know, um, I think was kind of the thing. But like, I don't know is that is that good when you've got like the specter of nuclear war looming, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um... I don't I don't think there's any outcome that's good. I, I, I don't think that the midterm results were good, even if they, you know, fully got like wiped the Republicans out and they had the Supreme Court. And everything. There is no outcome that's good. We're we are in a standoff with someone with the nu a nuclear arsenal that is just as sophisticated and well beefed up as ours like there's there's no good outcome here yeah it's like the thing that we're cheering is john fetterman won and alton and the republicans didn't do as good as advertised right so now it's like we're marching out to to the battlefields and <laughs> you've got achilles who i guess is joe biden <laughs> <laughs> and then they're and then no and no, I guess in this in this scheme who what would it be it would be I basically what I'm getting at is like John Fetterman's the giant for the, the giant yes and who's going to be the Republican Achilles I guess that. <laughs> like our big trick is John Fetterman you know and poor they, bastard's not in good health <laughs> well that's the thing that um. That's the thing that like the Republicans, this very weird contradiction of theirs is like they're so obsessed with the alpha male that they are. And this kind of goes in line with your Achilles thing. They would need like an Adonis. Brad I watched the hell out of that. But you know what I'm I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, they would need like an Adonis Brad Pitt type who with long, beautiful, blonde flowing locks. And he's fucking they cut. need the guy that trump said look at our beautiful boys in uniform <laughs> our beautiful they boys to go back and find the beautiful boys in uniform and try to march that guy against uh-huh against our uh what was that guy's name the giant fetterman 
No. <laughs> oh, you mean like in the in the fable itself, in the uh, in the myth itself? You've been spending a lot of time with the Greeks. I figured you would. <laughs> um all i know is goliath well we could also that we could use that too because it's the same story right (laughs) yeah dude the greek giant must have had the tiniest dick like by ratio comparison you know because like all those greeks statues and stuff had tiny dicks like do you think that the, the giants like had normal sized dicks but they well, look that's probably tiny. why they trotted them out to war because in ancient greece like if you were hung like weren't you thought to have like lesser intelligence or something mm-hmm. so they just made you cannon fodder if you had a big dick <laughs> but they said it was because hey, you know what if 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 we lived in a just society <laughs> we'd go back to that too in my <laughs> opinion <laughs> they said it was because of intelligence but really they were like we got to get these guys. They're fucking all our women. We got to get them the fuck out of here. Yeah, it was like a David and Bathsheba moment where they like, you know, King David marched his friend Bathsheba out to war to get yes. him killed so he could fuck his wife. That's what they were doing, except for the whole military wide. Uh-huh. Maybe you're thinking of Cro- Cronus. Cronus was a... Who's the giant that fought Achilles? That fought... Achilles, um, <clears throat> Bogrius, Bogrius, just a big bald guy with with pecs. Um, anyways, all of which is to say that, like, I was thinking about this with Blake Masters and even kind of like with Josh Hawley and stuff, but like this, like this. Alt-right, like conservative drive to find the alpha male means that they're constantly trying to identify male archetypes that kind of do resemble like uh, archetypical alpha, like cut jawline, uh, you know, like handsome men. But they're never handsome. No, all these guys look like. Okay, for one, I always thought this term was disgusting, even in its day, because it's kind of stupid to like try to not disgusting, but it was just kind of goofy. Like, but do you remember like the metrosexual era? Yes, yeah. Like it's like all those guys are. Some stuck of us never like left. Yeah, it's like Josh. <laughs> those all those guys are stuck in that era, but trying to adopt conservative politics while like looking like he just bathed in like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Aquadigio or or Yoop or High Karate or some shit, uh-huh. and then like and he's wearing like a goddamn um, structure suit. Yeah, and, you know, and like those real skinny, like from Express, like the real skinny lapel suits or whatever. Like, yes. they're dressing like those guys, but trying to be out here acting like Kevin Costner in Yellowstone or something. Exactly, like motherfucker, like you do. You probably do like cucumber face masks like oh dude these dudes skin is so dewy (laughs) like i mean like it's like there is nothing like traditionally masculine about josh holly or what's the fucking freak blake masters in arizona yeah come to my part of the world where like every man you know under the age of 35 is so weathered by the time they're like 20 hard on people (laughs) i've had crow's feet for fucking 10 years motherfucker yeah and it's like, like you got, and like these guys are like five, ten years older than us, too. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird. Like the reason it it's so weird and off putting 
is that they try to force those individuals into that archetype, but it just in the end manages to highlight their own monstrosity in grotesquerie. I know it's like in the end, it's like, <laughs> wait, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> like you just make Blake masters look like, yeah, look like he fucking murders hitchhikers. You know what I mean? You make Josh Holly look like he, you know, visits underground like gay sex dungeons but right you know what i mean it's like it, it does it highlights the contradictions too much right right it'd be better off just like rolling with like like it, it is weird man how like that how pervasive that is even madison cawthorn was like that right you know what i mean right. it's like just a little too pretty for what he says he believes in and then the videos you know what i mean i'm not yeah. saying like oh these guys are closeted gays like it's the lazy thing but there is something about it like you're right that just highlights the contradictions so much that it makes them look even more grotesque than they really <laughs> might be if they were just normal you know? yeah because the truth of the matter is is that there is no alpha male there's no ideal like masculine other than me other than me when I was 12 the present company in the speed other than present company, there is no ideal male like there's no platonic form that you're going to achieve. Yeah. And and trying to embody like political like principles or like grass movement, like grassroots movement energy into that form will only result in you know, just hilarious consequences, um, which may be why JD worked in the end. As you, as you pointed out, he's got the breath at County jeans. People are like, yeah, he, he, he looks the part. He looks like, like a real that Blake masters. And all those guys don't like <laughs> he looks the part. And I guess it's telling that he's, we're going to deal with this motherfucker the rest of our lives now. <laughs> yeah. He, he does look like a real authentic person. I'll give him that. Yeah. Like off, I, yeah, like the whole sort of anti-JD establishment needs to cool it with the J.D. Vance is not a real hillbilly stuff. I'm telling you, <laughs> genetically, that man's the real goods. I could tell because he suffers from all the same sort of familial afflictions that I do. Uh -huh. cheeks, holding a little too much water in. It just happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, well, I... I resent all he stands for i accept him as my brother <laughs> we'll meet again on the long road you know <laughs> yeah when he's president and we're in a death camp oh, for doing a, a podcast episode about it. the funny thing about that is that someone brought that to his attention so if he's president that will mean the president listened to us roast him <laughs> there's proof of it remember he said it on twitter like they seem like nice people or some shit like that oh yeah 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 yeah. he's like i wouldn't say eviscerate somebody said that, that we eviscerate and he goes i wouldn't say eviscerate i wouldn't either and he was doing that whole nice thing he was like next time i'm in whitesburg beers on me well now that you're a u.s senator jna yeah come, <laughs> come buy me an na beer yeah come yeah come buy me a 0, .0 .0 Guinness. <laughs> And I mean, bring I'm, your bring your bring your checkbook with you. We didn't eviscerate him because I've never eviscerated anybody. Unfortunately, I've always wanted to and tried to. Like I finally got him with logic. I think there's been one or two times I have eviscerated somebody. You have? I they didn't deserve it, but I just kind of <laughs> slipped on banana peel and did it. I see. I'm kind of like 
Kronos in that way. Yeah, I see. Yeah, like Kronos. I'm a destroyer of worlds. Mm-hmm. So right. Powerful that I do that. Yeah. So as mentioned, I've uh, I've been watching Yellowstone. Yeah, how is it? Your people fascinate me. Cowboys. <laughs> Cattle rustlers. Yeah, an interesting, <laughs> interesting group. What's so funny, I was just texting Brendan Gallagher about this, friend of the show, and I was like, it's like, it's like Taylor Sheridan who made this. It has like so perfectly dialed into like what the rural American man wants to see on TV. And it's uh-huh. like, so much so that like this show is a one-to-one carbon copy of Sons of Anarchy. It's like swap out bikers for cowboys and like you've got it. So much so that I could even point to storylines and show you what their analog <laughs> is in Sons of Anarchy. It's like this, I mean, almost nothing changed. Wow. You know? Did he did he write Sons of Anarchy too? He, I don't know if he wrote it, but he was in the first season when he was, uh, he was the sheriff's deputy that got domed at the funeral. I gotcha. Okay. But there's like a, a dumb hot guy that puts his family in unnecessarily dangerous situations. <laughs> Sons of Anarchy, Jax Taylor, Yellowstone Casey. <laughs> I mean, the, the archetypes are exactly the same. Uh huh. Wow. That's what I'm afraid of. Of ha- that's why I haven't had a family yet because I'm deathly afraid of being a dumb hot guy who puts. Because I am dumb and hot, but I don't have a family yet, so I'm <laughs> I'm worried about putting my family in a. That's why you've. That's why you've not had f- children to this point, is you exactly. You can't be trusted not to put them in dangerous situations. <laughs> exactly. You can't. You can't. You can't take the chance of having them kidnapped by the IRA. <laughs> in the weird sons of anarchy season where they go to Belfast. Exactly. So yeah, so it's uh so it's good. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> See, I'm, I just here roasted it for twenty minutes. And like, yeah, it's the best show on TV. I need to watch it because all all I've been watching is the Shack. It's You've like been rewatching the Shack. It's yeah, it's like I've watched it probably twenty times now. It's like the entertainment in Infinite Jest. What are they doing to you in that program? <laughs> <laughs> is this some kind of MK Ultra shit? <laughs> It's my MK trigger. I see the check and I have to go DJ a a bar mitzvah (laughs) in Bowling Green. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I haven't watched it anymore, but. uh, But I don't know. I'll take your word for Yellowstone. It's like. You know, you're right. It's my people. It's my it's my heritage. My heritage. My culture is not your costume, Taylor Sheridan. That's we need to put that out there, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. He did uh he also did like Sicario. You remember that movie? Yeah, I remember Sicario. Yeah. I'm trying to pinpoint what his politics are. I don't really have a clue. It feels like all I know is this. All I'll say is this. I'm starting to see more and more of a specific type of person wearing like Dutton Ranch merch from the show. Yeah. Like it's the you know, the ranching family that's the Sort of Kevin Costner's the anti-hero or whatever. Uh-huh. And I think some people are taking the wrong lessons from this program. <laughs> <laughs> so, Interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know that you're supposed to be on that side of things. But. I see. Um well in flood relief update, I learned today that you know, I don't know how this is gonna work out. In the office space downstairs, they're putting a preschool. So does that mean I 
I can't podcast <laughs> up here anymore. Say <laughs> bad words. First of all, okay, that's where you got. First of all, I want to just clarify that Terrence is not a pedophile. He doesn't have to by law move <laughs> a certain amount of feet from <laughs> preschool. <laughs> But I don't know. I was, it was. <laughs> I was just talking about the framers jerking off into a Pentagon. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I could talk about that stuff anymore. This might be a G-rated show from here on out. God, I'm about to pod when they're like, when when does school let out? Um, well, they're building it right now. Maybe they're trying to shoot for a next semester open. What's the preschool gonna be called? I don't know. Maybe we can rebrand the show as whatever the preschool's name is after dark. <laughs> like after the kids go home and uh -huh. have dinner and go to bed, then they right. step in. And... Yeah. Man, that's you want to talk about like rural living. Like there's no room for anything. You know, spatial spatial wise. Like everything is just next to everything. Well, like literally People think I'm joking, but from our office, we can reach out and touch a prison, a library, a Presbyterian church, now a preschool, and a tire store. <laughs> All right there together. Uh-huh. And a, and a decrepit or a dilapidated hotel, an, an empty hotel building. Yeah, that people have been squatting in. Yeah. Well... Listen, well, before we go, a little bit of local news. Did you see that the the memo from the scoping thing for the prison tomorrow? I did, says yeah. says they're looking to build a prison camp? Yeah. That's what they call it. Is that just like a generic name for prison, or is it going to be like a, like a thing where like they're like, like harvesting crops and shit for like companies for pennies on the dollars. Actually, dude, that's a good question. They really might be. It might be like a hybrid. They're like, we're going to put a hemp farm on top of a strip mine. But in the fine print, it's like the hemp farm will be operated by prisoners at the prison. <laughs> yeah. We swear, no MS-13, just mid-level corporate criminals. You're right, right. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's I, I'm I'm interested how that's going to shake out. Yeah, so the there's a comment period open for that that just came open, and I said on a previous episode I was going to let people know how they could send their comments in. So maybe in the description of this episode I'll put that in there if you feel so inclined to send just something absolutely unhinged. Uh, but if you don't want to send something unhinged, just all you have to do is point out that. Uh, it, it is very unsafe to build a prison on a strip mine, not just because or, or anything for that matter or for anything for that matter. But like also point out, yeah, it's not safe from a geological perspective. It's not safe from a ecological perspective because there's polluted water mine runoff and shit. But also just that our impoverished community deserves more than a fucking prison and you've got all that money and we should be able to use it for something else and so yeah that's because they're good like talking giving us a raise for starters like giving us a raise yeah. Yeah, i could use 444 million dollars <laughs> yeah 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 and then you know point out that nuclear war is imminent and so it doesn't matter you know 
that that fucking prison is like, gonna be. Listen, pal, we're all gonna be crispy by the time this thing gets built yeah. anyway. So why don't we just <laughs> put our Maddox down and dance while we still can? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, I'll put that in the show description. Um, in the meantime, I guess that about covers it for this week. Uh, if you'd like to go support us on Patreon, we have a episode on Sunday with Noah Colwin from the Blowback Back Podcast about crypto. And um, I think you'll like it, so go check that out. Um, and there's all kinds of other episodes over there as well, so go, go check that out. Anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, go with God, and we'll see you next time. All right. Well, adios. By the way, I very much worry about this guy's biceps. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> His biceps are big as my calves. Look at this. <laughs> there, there's a man. I hope we're on the same side. He's Russian. I don't care who he is. He's got some real biceps. We call them guns. Oh,